Welcome to On San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm columnist Heather Knight, and I'm joined by City Hall reporter Dominic Fracasa. We're interviewing each of the four candidates for mayor, so voters have a sense of who's on the ballot June 5th. We're starting with some serious questions about their policies and why they want to be mayor. Keep listening until the end when we get to the lightning round with fun questions about their favorite burrito joints and where they go for a stiff drink. In this episode, we're talking to former supervisor Angela Alioto, who definitely doesn't mince words about what's going wrong at City Hall. Thanks so much for being with us today, Angela. It's great to see you. Great to see you both. Thank you very much for having me. So I wanted to start by mentioning that Chronicle columnist and former mayor Willie Brown said the other day that there's, quote, not a cigarette paper's worth of difference between the candidates on the major Mm -hmm. issues. The four of you seem pretty similar in a lot of um, your platform and policy issues. What would separate you from the other contenders? Experience. Um, I believe that my eight years in office and my um, 14, 15 years of uh, being a civil rights trial lawyer all over the United States of America has given me incredible experience, both with governmental entities and, of course, with the court system throughout the nation. Um, None of my uh, opponents, other than Mark Leno, uh, have anything like the kind of experience that I have. We're extremely different. And, you know, I was surprised Willie said that. Willie's been a friend of mine for a very long time. And I was surprised he would say that because he knows that there are very big differences between me and my opponents. And he also knows the the work I've done. I mean, I wrote the first sanctuary law. I did the needle exchange law. Um, I I banned smoking in restaurants, the first one in the the world. All those things um, are pretty amazing pieces of legislation that my office was able to put together with my two incredible legislative aides at the time. And I think it, it makes me very, very different uh, than my opponents. And I think being a parent, none of my opponents are a parent. I think that makes me very different with the issues that one cares about. We also differ widely on police issues, like I'm for tasers uh, with education. Today, what's missing are coalitions. Everybody is fighting, everybody hates each other, and the city is literally burning, to quote uh, Nero, fiddling is fiddle. Streets are dirty, crime is out of control, the homeless tents are out of control, and there's no housing for anybody. So the fact that two of my opponents are in office and haven't done anything about it is a major difference. Plus, our homeless plan that Gavin and I did from 2004-2011 was extremely successful. In the mayor's race of 2003, we were walking over bodies. Okay, In 2011, that was not happening. And then the plan kind of fell apart when Gavin went to Sacramento. Speaking of that, you famously um, helped Gavin Newsom write his 10-year plan to abolish chronic homelessness, and you did make some progress in the first years, and then... Any walk around San Francisco downtown now shows you that, of course, we have not come anywhere near ending chronic homelessness, and some people think that it's even worse than ever with how in-your-face it is, the just tragic scenes you see on the street every day. What would you do about it that you weren't able to do about it as the author of that report? Oh, no, we were able to do about it. There was no homelessness in 2011. First of all, the tent situation, we did not have it. We never had tents on the street. When we did the 10-year plan in 2000, June 29th of 2004, and then when Gavin left in 2011, so that's seven years, we housed over 11,432 people, according to the report that came out by the city in 2014. Permanent supportive housing is essential 
for a successful homeless plan. Our new plan is called RAPID. Come in first contact with a homeless person within 48 hours. That person is in some kind of housing, whether it's mental health, alcohol abuse, or a unit in order to be able to live. There's so many different types of homeless people that you really have to know how to actually triage homeless people. For example, federal homeless czar had lunch with me and he said, the number one homeless problem in this city and in this nation right now is unaccompanied women. Unaccompanied women, 68% of whom have been sexually abused, such that they scar themselves up to not be attractive. And so because that's the newest and the, mo- and the largest population, it's also the easiest to help get off the streets. So that's what you do first. You go and you get off the streets, the easiest to get off the street, and they're very obvious. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the reasonings for your running in the first place. The whole city was shocked by the death of Mayor Ed Lee back in December. But, I mean, everyone, including yourself, jumped into the race, had to jump into the race shortly thereafter. So can you take me through that decision-making? Had you already planned to run in 2019 and just had to kind of pick up the timeline a little bit? How did that play out? In August of last year, I took a tour of the city. It was, it was kind of a random thing. First of all, we had a very sick little puppy. We have a lot of dogs in our house. He was very sick, and we'd had him 18 years, and we were taking him down to the emergency medical center that's on Alabama. Driving down there, I noticed uh, the tents that were always on the other side of division. And then I kept driving and kept driving, and I had no idea the tents went on for block after block after block after block. It stunned me. And that was the first time I said, the only way that this is going to get fixed, the only way that this is not going to get worse, and it can get much worse, Oakland is a nightmare, uh, is if, uh, if, I try, if I throw my hat in the ring and do something about it, because I believe that our plan that we know worked will work again. And so I started thinking about it in August. It's not an easy decision for me. Yeah, no, I'm a very, very successful civil rights lawyer. And you got to throw yourself back into the arena. Well, that's fine because I'm going to get to do what I want to do. In other words, I'm going to have the, the ability, if you will, the power to have the department do what they're supposed to do. The departments in the city don't do what they're supposed to do, and that's a big issue to me. And it's the reason homelessness and dirty streets are totally out of control. I want to talk about one department in particular that serves at the pleasure of the mayor Mm -hmm. in San Francisco, and that's uh, the chief of police, the SFPD. When when it comes specifically to to quality of life issues, whether, you know, that's encampments that you described, open-air drug use, drug dealing, what's one of the first things you want to tell the police chief? What's your direction to that person going to be as mayor? In our rapid plan, in our uh, homeless plan, it has an interagency council. And in that council, every single department within the city and county of San Francisco that affects homelessness, police being number one, fire being right up there, DPW, just about every department in the city has something to do with homelessness, including uh, Muni, of course. So I would tell the new chief, it's not acceptable for our children to be getting out of cars and seeing someone shoot up in the street. It's not acceptable. And so I would tell the chief, you must do something about it. If people are going to sit in the streets and shoot up, then we have to, number one, have officers talking to them and taking them off the street. Again, that goes back to the triage I referred to. And number two is crimes are crimes. I am the last person to make a homeless person a criminal. Poverty is not a crime. Sitting in the street and shooting up is a crime. Shooting up is a crime. 
I don't want people put in jail. That creates a criminal record. But I do want them put into the right place that they belong in to take care of their particular uh, um, malady, to say the least. Does that mean, in your opinion, that the current administration, the current SFPD from the chief on down, have allowed some of these problems to persist or, or metastasize in some way? The officers have their hands tied. I think that they are absolutely restricted in what they can and cannot do. I think the police officers need to be given the tools that will help people get off the street that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing on the street. Let me put a caveat there. I think San Francisco Police Department is one of the best departments in the United States of America. I think there are some in the police department that need discipline and or not be in the, in the police department. I don't think that we've had leadership that's willing to terminate and to act the way I would as the mayor of San Francisco. And that goes for department heads also. Do you want to call out any in particular? Uh, DPW, MTA, Park and Rec. I don't know whether they've been there too long. Clearly DPW doesn't do its job. The streets are filthy. You know, I was very upset yesterday when I went to a press conference by Senator Weiner and London Breed. All of the street cleaning people were cleaning the streets because of a press conference. It was so discouraging to me that they can't do it because they love San Francisco. I love San Francisco. If you're going to make our dirty streets, uh, um, keep them dirty when your job is to keep them clean, then see you later. There are plenty of other jobs you can go do. I'm going to get people at the head of these departments that do what the department is supposed to do. And our city will change overnight with that kind of attitude. You talk a lot about the soul of San Francisco in a city that these days is all about innovation and change and um, tech companies. Is there something you're nostalgic for that you think the Alioto family can bring back? I'm very, very proud of my family. I'm very, very proud of, obviously, all my cousins. There are a lot of Aliotos and Veroneses. Um, but I know that I can because as we felt down under the bridge just now, uh, you know, there's such a great San Francisco soul and spirit. And it's just literally screaming to be alive again. And I don't think that tech understands that at all. I don't know whether it's a matter of not understanding it totally or just not caring. But there is a soul of San Francisco that is screaming out to be the great, beautiful city that we have always been known to be. Right now, between the crime, people, you know, stabbing people in the streets and the areas being dangerous and the streets being dirty, we're losing our, our, our soul. A lot of people at City Hall don't know that soul. I don't want to get esoteric. Having said that, it's very true. They don't understand what I'm talking about because either they haven't been here long enough or they never were here when the soul of the city was at its uh, um, mayday or or highlight or whatever the expression. Heyday. Heyday, mayday. This topic, it sounds silly, but when you start putting restrictions on flower stands, and you start having DPW come down and pick up a flower stand in front of Gump's that has been there for 90 years because of restrictions the Board of Supervisors put on those vendors, you are, you are nipping away at the soul of our city. Um, I, you know, I put that on Facebook. It received over 1,000 comments of how many wonderful memories people had of their boyfriend getting them a gardenia, their mother, their father, when they got off the cable car or got off the bus. And it's just like, they're just little things. Street artists. Where are the street artists? I did legislation after legislation for the street artists. Where are they? Where's all the funding to the arts that we used to have? Um, it's like gone. And, and tech doesn't understand that. 
again, whether they don't want to or because they don't care, the gap between tech, government, and the community has got to end. A coalition must be created by a powerful mayor um, that makes all three entities understand this is one city we love, and all three of you are going to get along and love it back and not abuse it. Now we're going to move on to the lightning round, a series of fun, quick questions to help us get to know the candidates better. Okay. So get ready. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, first question. What is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Uh, Gordo's. Gordo's or Don Ramon's. So on the rare day when you have nothing to do, and I know these days that's... Incre- I never have nothing to do. Yeah, I know. It's even rarer now. But uh, what is it that you like to do when you find yourself with a little bit of time on your hands? Go see my horse. I have a purebred Arabian, Om El Salman, and I adore him. I bought him after 40... Wait, I waited 44 years to buy him, and I got him two years ago. What's your favorite movie that was set in San Francisco? Set in San Francisco? You know, I was at Bullet, met Steve McQueen, totally had a crush on Steve McQueen. Uh, went out to Hunter's Point when Dad had the uh, pool built in exchange for being able to film. So I, I would say that uh, Bullet is one of the most exciting. And, of course, Vertigo. I mean, great films. When you're showing uh, someone around the city who hasn't seen San Francisco before, where are the spots that you like to take them? And what places in the city do you uh, usually advise they avoid? I am a great San Francisco tour. If you guys ever want me to take you on a tour, I'm a great tour guide. I, I don't ever tell anybody there's any place in San Francisco not to go. That's not in my nature um, because uh, I adore the city so much. I just don't believe there's any place that people shouldn't go. Now, um, I wouldn't warn anyone against you know uh, criminal acts either. But when my friends come, especially uh, I've shown Italian friends uh, for years, I always do, like I just did, coming here, I did the, the Wiggly Hill on Lombard. My dad used to drive us down that without brakes as a kid, so I always remember wow. coming down <laughs> without brakes with dad. Um, but I always take people to Golden Gate Park, to the ocean, um, to the Cliff House, to Twin Peaks, all the way around the marina, across the Golden Gate Bridge, of course, back into wonderful uh, North Beach, Fisherman's Wharf, over into the Mission to see the murals, drive around town to see Ruth Ozawa's uh, fountains uh, that were commissioned when um, my dad was mayor, the Embarcadero, and of course... My pride and joy, the ballpark. After a long day, where do you go for a stiff drink? I've never had a drink in my life. Really? I've never had a drink. Why? When I was 18, I took the oath as a Roman Catholic uh, to not drink. Um, I didn't realize it was supposed to end at 21. And in an Italian family, but we never drank at the dinner table either with my five brothers and myself and mom and dad. We, We never had wine at the table, so I've never had a drink in my life. If I did, I would go to my son's place downstairs, <laughs> Aventine, San Francisco, and my son's in Sonoma. My son Adolfo's in Sonoma is Aventine, Sonoma, Glen Ellen. How many years have you lived in San Francisco, Angela, and what year do you remember as, as one of your fondest, as one of the best years? I'm born and raised here. My dad was born and raised here, and my dad's mother was born and raised here, all of them in the same house on Filbert Street. Best year. I got married very young. It was, you know get married, or have to deal with dad being Sicilian and mayor. So it was get married. So I got married when I was 19, and my wedding was at um, the De Young Museum, and it was raining, and uh, the, the mass, the ceremony was stunning. And I'd say half of San Francisco came to St. Peter and Paul's Church, and then to the De Young Museum for um, the reception, which was gorgeous. 
Benny Bufano, the sculptor, crashed my wedding and brought a woman with him that my mother claimed was up the street. Mm-hmm. And so my mother tried to kick them out, but it was an incredible San Francisco day, my wedding. December 8th of 1968, and Benny gave me a red topless Madonna that I have in my library at home. Wow, that's a great memory. So under the city's ranked choice voting system, voters will get to rank their top three choices for mayor. Assuming you want them to pick you first, who should they rank second and third? I would say Mark Leno, second. Um, And third, it's kind of a toss-up for me. I want to know a little bit about your home. Do you rent or own, and uh, and how long have you been there for? I bought my home. I've lived in my home since uh, December of 72, when I was pregnant with my third child at 23 years old. <laughs> so my husband, who was from Italy, Padova, Italy, really wanted this home, uh, and it was the Pakistani consulate, and the Pakistanis were being asked to leave. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it because the original charm of the home had been taken away because it was all offices. Every floor had offices and every floor had a kitchen. And it was like major rehab. And so we bought it in December and I had my son Joe in March. uh, And we moved in in June after some serious uh, uh, bringing the house back to its natural beauty. My husband and all of his friends came in and did all the tile work and everything. Bought it in December of 72, moved in June of 73. I love my home. It's a real home. Raised all my four children and now my five grandchildren. And now you've made it to the last question. If you win in June, what would be your very first act as mayor? My very first act as mayor would be to call DPW and tell them they've got 30 days to clean these streets. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. It is a lot of fun. I obviously could go on and on. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is San Francisco by Goss Prom, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by Dominic Fercasa and Fernando Diaz. For more City Hall coverage, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dominic Fercasa and me at HNightSF. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. <laughs>